Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I am J.A. Lovelock, a barrister, an author, but most importantly, a crime junkie. I love reading and I love crime, so what better way than to spend my time with crime writers and find out how they tick? and how they marinate together characters, motives, killer instincts, murder suspects, and their comeuppance. In this episode, I am introducing a new feature. That's book reviews of crime books, of course. And what better time to do that than in this gift-giving season? There's a lot of crime fiction out there, so it's time to take a look at some which you might want to give to your nearest and dearest, or even some that you might wish to find in your own Christmas stocking or under your Christmas tree. Or you might even wish to buy them for yourself. I used to do that, you know. Over the years, I used to buy myself a handful of books for my own Christmas gifts because no one else would. Paper tissues, please. Joining me on this episode is G.B. Williams, Gail Williams, and Gail, you will know from the previous episode of Behind the Yellow Tape, is an author, as well as being the secretary for the Welsh Crime Waters Collective. But today she's wearing the hat of a reviewer, and Gail has brought along a few titles that would look super under anybody's Christmas tree. Welcome again, Gail, to Behind the Yellow Tape. Hi, Joanna. Thank you for inviting me again. Gosh, yes. Um, So where shall we start? Right. Well, what I've tried to do is pick some less usual kind of titles. So we've got a range here. I'm going to start with The Safe House by Louise Mumford. If you like psychological thrillers, this is the one for you. It's Louise's second novel, um, and it's a standalone. But if I read you the blurb... Mm -hmm. The house is safe, she says. There's nothing left for us outside. Esther is safe in the house for 16 years. Her and her mother have lived off the grid, protected from the dangers of the outside world. For 16 years, Esther has has never seen another soul until today. Today, there's a man outside the house, a man who knows Esther's name and who proves that her mother's claim about the outside world are false. A man who is telling Esther that she's been living a lie. Is her mother keeping Esther safe or keeping her prisoner? Mm. Now, as you can tell from that, it is a psychological and it's absolutely beautifully written. Um, Esther has been kept in this house for 16 years and she's now 21 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, I love this book. It's so emotional um, and it touches on a lot of fears that people have, um, both as as a mother um, uh, for a, a daughter that has uh, asthma. Um, but in this case as well, anybody who cares about the environment will love some of the themes that come up and will understand, not necessarily agree with what is done, but they will understand why the people in, in the book uh, actually behave the way they do. 
And it's just, it is one of those ones that once I got into it, I just couldn't put it down. And it is based in South Wales, of course. Oh, so well then. <laughs> so that, that's another reason yes. why. But yeah. Um, but yeah, if you like psychological thrillers, mm. this is a really mm. good one. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Where shall we go next? Oh, let's go to Venice. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, this is another international thriller. Um, this is written, it's the first of the Venetian sequence, the Venetian game written by Philip Gwynne Jones, who um, his protagonist is Nathan Sutherland, um, an expat Welsh man. Oh, <laughs> I'm feeling a bias here, actually, Gay. I'm feeling a bit of a bias. Um, yeah, there, there, there is a bit of a bias in this one, I have to say. Um, it, this was really unusual to me. It was recommended to me, and I wasn't sure about it because I tend to prefer thrillers that are set in the UK. Mm. Um, but this one, because it's got a British protagonist and because it's written by a, a Welshman as well, Philip is Welsh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but he lives in, in Venice. So he's got that wonderful mix of... Mm relatable to me as a human being which is what he brings to Nathan Sutherland but also because he knows Venice so well he writes about Venice itself beautifully and you do get that sense of being there and knowing it he writes like a local so you get that sense of place is that what it is that sense of place absolutely yeah yes very much so um and this one there is um it's a game of, game of double cross a cross and double cross. Um, and it's all set within a background of the art world, which, of course, Venice is famous mm. for some of the artworks mm. that are there. And it it just keeps you guessing every time. And it introduces this whole range of beautifully cast characters. Um, and, Nathan, and his cat. I've spoken to Philip about this. I love the cat, um, <laughs> whose name, of course, I've forgotten right this second. But I'm a, I'm a bit of a sucker for cats, hence being a cat slave. Mm. So this one, again, if you like international thrillers, there's everything meaty in there. And if you like to go on a, a trip with, mm. in the mind and want to visit somewhere new, the Venetian game and all the ones that come after, brilliant. Good, lovely. And next? Next, I'm going to set back in time. Again, this was recommended to me and um, I wasn't sure. This is called The Unwanted Dead by Chris Lloyd. It's a historical thriller set in um, June 1940 in Paris. Now, I, I was reluctant to read this because I generally speaking don't read historical novels. But this one, it just, it caught my attention quite early. Uh, it's about a French policeman who finds um, the bodies of four dead Polish men. And nobody really wants him to, to investigate. Nobody really cares about them in, uh, because it is the middle of occupied France but Chris brings this beautiful touch to it with um, Eddie Jarrell who is the, um, the police officer he is definitely your, um, your, your damaged goods but he's also wonderful and he's so determined to find the right answer that he really keeps you guessing so if you're into historical thrillers this is just wonderful. The Unwanted Dead by Chris Lloyd. Yeah, I I like historical thrillers. I like things of the past. So that would, I would find it um, quite an interesting uh, read. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I find, the, the thing I find with historical is I don't know enough about that time and place. And sometimes it just doesn't mean enough to me. So I, I struggle. But also, 
I did actually study Nazi Germany and, and World War II history when I was younger. And I know just how dark it got. And mm. that was my reluctance because mm. Chris mm. can't ignore in his writing the things that the Nazis did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he... He really brings that to life, but he doesn't go into the, the deeply darkly things mm. in a way that you're un left uncomfortable. Mm. I do have to say, one of the things you asked me, do you protect, do you have to like your protagonist? I actually love his antagonist in this. Gerald is great. It's really nice. But Hochstetter, who is the, the, the Nazi officer who, um, works in liaison with Gerald, he's, he's brilliant. He is definitely, he's intelligent. He's capable. He'll shoot you in the back as soon as you, you turn on him. He knows there's no there's there's no doubt about that. Mm. He will do whatever he needs to survive. But he understands humanity and he understands how to work the systems. And he is just wonderfully written. I mean, if, if I can say that about the bad guy, the yes. Nazi, it tells you know, <laughs> yes. it's, it's yes. really well written. Well, that, that, yeah. well, I was about to say that the quality of the writing, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 It's wonderful writing. Yeah. Um, next one's a bit different. Okay. Yeah. It's Natural Causes by James Oswald. Now, I love James Oswald's books. Um, this is actually the first of the Inspector Tony McLean's. It's based um, in Scotland, in Edinburgh. Um, and it, this starts with the discovery of a young girl's body. Uh, what I love about this is you do, again, get that sense of place about Edinburgh. You get the sense of teamwork in this one as well, because, you know, okay, most crime books focus on one or two um, leaders, but there is obviously a team behind every police officer. And this one is, is wonderful. But the thing that I really like about James Oswald and Tony Clean and his books, these books, is they have a supernatural element. It's very, um, it's in the background but it's there all the time and you never really know if it's is it really supernatural or is this just my imagination going on and he keeps he keeps you guessing but there's there's that element of the something different mm. so if you like your detective fiction mm. with a bit of a scare but without being gore it's not horror mm. it mm. is just supernatural mm. so if you have want that that tinge of something a bit outside of the norm yeah, yeah. definitely would yeah. go with james oswald yeah that, that's quite interesting really isn't it um this supernatural twist to it that's that's um yeah. that's different has anybody, else done, has anybody else done anything like that before? There isn't. I'm going to introduce you to one of them oh, in, in a little, oh, yeah. little while. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, there, there are now quite a few things. Uh, James Oswald is definitely the master of it, but there are quite a few that just have that touch, that hint that there might be something more than the things that you can see um, and hear, you know, in, yeah. in everyday life. Yeah, good, yeah. good, good. Okay, so let's get to the next one then. Oh, the next one, again, a little bit different, um, East of Hounslow by Karam Rahman. Now, I every year I set myself some personal challenges in my reading, um, and I do have that horrible bias of reading white people. So when I heard about this one, um, it's, I'll read you this. Javid, call him Jay, is a dope dealer living in West London. He goes to mosque on Friday and he's just bought his pride and joy a BMW. He lives with his mum and life seems sweet. But his world is about to turn upside down because MI5 have been watching him. 
They think he's just the man they need for a delicate mission. One thing's for sure. Now he's a long way east of Hounslow. Jay's life will never be the same again. And it does absolutely turn his life on its head. Mm. But um, obviously he is Muslim. Muslim, uh, And the things I learned about here, about going to mosque and what happens, it, it was really interesting. It was one of the reasons why I wanted to read this particular book. Um, it's also, he was mentored by Ben Aranovich, who is another one of my favourite authors, oh, yeah. Yeah. who I will introduce later. Mm. Um, and it is, it took me places and that I'd never expected a book to take me. And it made me think in ways of things that I'd never uh, never occurred to me to think, because again, as I say, I'm just that boring white person. Um, so it, I like to take uh, a chance with books and to see something different. And this one came so highly recommended again mm-hmm. by everybody that I knew. And I could see why I, it was one of those ones I went through in a couple of days. I'm not, I'm quite a slow reader. Okay. So it's very hard for me to yeah. read a book a week. But this one I read it in a couple of days because I just could not put it down and I wanted to know. Oh, that's and good. the ending. Oh, my God, oh my the gosh. ending. Oh. I've, I've been trying to get hold of him, actually. I want I want to have him on the programme. I've been trying for some time. Yeah, he's, yes. I mean, he's a young author yeah. and that is, as his debut was absolutely incredible. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you can get him on, yeah, I'd definitely be watching that one. (laughs) Yes, yeah. Um, But that's the beauty of writing, isn't it? It's how it can take you to places that you've never been before, either physically or in your mind. Yeah. I mean, this is one thing I I say, I I try to set myself so that I'm reading different things every year so that I don't end up just reading the same boring stuff all the time. But that's why I like to move and like cross genres like the supernatural stuff. But as I say, reading something that's about somebody, a person of colour who's got a very different religion to me and finding out all of those kind of things, absolutely fascinating. Aside from the fact that it's just a really, really good story. It it just, it makes you see a different side of life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, that's the beauty, I think. And that's a a privilege of being a writer. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So where shall we go next? Um, how about Finland? Oh, yeah, yes. And <laughs> our travels. The next one on my list yes. is uh, The Rabbit Factor. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. By Auntie Tumanum. Um, I love this. It's yeah. so, so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he starts the, the first um, scene, basically beats someone to death with a rabbit ear. Oh. And once I heard that that was in this, the book, I thought, oh, I've got to read that. <laughs> um, it's it's lovely. The main character is an actuary, and I actually I nearly went to university to do actuarial math, so I know exactly where he's coming from. And he's in this office um, environment where they want to be all pally pally and go um, and and just bring all the team together and all this sort of stuff. And I'm just thinking, I just want to crunch numbers. He's thinking he just wants to crunch numbers and get to the, the facts. Mm. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's why I didn't like working in an office. Nice, but yeah. I so identified with this main character mm. that it was brilliant. And and what happens? His brother dies and leaves him a, a, a venture park, and then he has to go in. And there's all manner of, of white collar crime going on at this adventure park, and that's the story within the Rabbit Factor. But it's just wonderful. And it, again, it gives me that sense of place of being somewhere else and the descriptions of his his home and what the surroundings are like. 
It, I love them. I, I really felt that it took me places that I wouldn't normally go. He's the first um, translation of a Finnish author that I've off, I've read. Mm-hmm. I've, I read lots of uh, Icelandic authors, um, but this one, Antti's, is just fantastic. If you like things like Christopher Brock Meyer, who has that twisted sense of humour in his uh, in his crime, this is definitely a book for you. Book two, The Moose Paradox, has just come out, and I can't wait to read it. <laughs> so, so what are what are the comedy? What are some of the comedy elements in this book? Um, well, he just uh, gets everything wrong, and he has this wonderful cat. I have to say, yeah, there is a cat again. Yeah, he does have this yeah. um, this wonderful cat, Shergan something or other, which I would doubtless, even if I could find it, I would mispronounce it um, because he's named after a, um, a philosopher. Uh, but it's just, you know, you, you first start off with somebody gets beaten to death with a rabbit ear. Um, you've got this cat that looks at him in the way that imperious cats everywhere look at humans, like we're just not good enough. Um, and it's got this cast, uh, I say cast, it's his um, his employees. Misfits would be the best sort of way to, to describe them. You have one. Um, employee who doesn't even turn up right until the end of the book. Uh, you have another employee who is definitely fiddling the books. A security guard who is the least secure person that I've <laughs> ever read about. And a young man who thinks he can manage but probably couldn't manage his way out of a wet <laughs> pair of socks kind of thing. So they're just brilliant. And the bad guys are even better. I, I don't want to spoil it. No, if no, I tell you but, what actually but, happens, yeah, it's funny. No, no, no. <laughs> As I say, anything that starts beating to death with a gravity. But we've, we've, we've given a flavour. We've given a flavour, really, haven't we, of what, of what to expect. Yeah, so that's... Yeah. If you like comedy... And you like translations, that's a brilliant yes. one to start yeah. with. Good good stuff. Good stuff. Right. So are we going is it Ben? Are we going to Ben? Oh, I can go straight to Ben if you'd like. Yeah, yeah let's go to Ben. Ben Aronovich. Yes, yes. Definitely one of my favourite authors. And somebody who I wasn't at all sure about with when I was given the premise of the book, I was thinking, hmm, do I? Okay, yeah, I'll give that a go. And it's just wonderful. So The book I would recommend is called Rivers of London. It is the first in the Rivers of London books. Um, first came out in 2011, so it's been out for 11 years. Mm. It is so funny. Basically, Peter Grant is a um, poli- uh, constable in the Metropolitan Police Force, and he's asked to um, to stand guard at a, a crime scene, at which point he gets a gentleman come up to him and start to tell him some interesting facts about uh, the crime, which is fine until he realises that the guy telling him these interesting facts is in fact dead and he's a ghost and oh. he's talking to ghosts. Oh. Um, from that, it just gets weirder um, and we discover oh. that there is a um, a separate part of the Metropolitan Police based in the folly and led by um, Nightingale, which looks into supernatural crime. And that's what all of this is. Mm. It, it's, it takes a while. It, again, I got. I don't want to say too much, mm. but it is based on um article, a, a well-known entertainment form that will be familiar to everybody. 
So and and but it's so subtle how it brings it in, and it uses these um, supernatural influences. And basically, what you discover is that Peter Grant has a natural ability for magic. So he's been taught magic by Nightingale. And again, some of the things he tries and does when he's learning magic are just really, really funny. Trying to cast spells for the first time, that mm. kind of stuff. It brings some amusement in it. And uh, it's quite a serious message at the end. You know, there, there's some, there are some serious crimes brought into it. And the reason why the rivers of London come into it is that each river has its own um, spirit. They're usually women as well in the rivers of London. Mama Thames is absolutely fantastic. Lady Tyburn's brilliant. Um, so, yeah, they're all rivers of London. It's all connected with the rivers of London, and you get a lot of um, movement of water in them. And it, they're just, the more they progress, the more Peter Grant progresses in them. It's just absolutely incredible. Yeah, and, that, and they're that sounds, funny and readable. Yeah, that sounds really interesting to me, actually. I quite like the concept of that. Yeah, so that yeah. would be that. Would, I'd like to find it under my Christmas tree. Oh, I can highly recommend it <laughs> if, if you like something a bit different yes, and you like a bit that of comedy. Really different. Yeah, I like that one. That's the one for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any more? Oh, always. There's always more. Oh. <laughs> um, this is another recommendation for somebody who's not necessarily your standard crime reader. Mm. So, if you know somebody who likes um, fantasy fiction. Or, th or things that are just slightly out of the ordinary, I would recommend Doing Time by Jodie Taylor. Um, it is time travel. Do uh, Doctor oh. Who fans tend to like Jodie Taylor. Um, it it's time travel, but it's all based on the time police, hence the fact that there oh. is, uh, uh, it's ended up with the crime writer's interest. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Doing Time is the first of the time police. The time police do actually turn up in her first series, which is The Chronicles of St Mary's where they're all a bunch of historians who time travel, but they don't call it time travel. They call it studying historical events in contemporary time because <laughs> they hop into pods and time travel. Um, but the time police, their purpose is to make sure that now that time travel technology is out there, people aren't misusing it. Mm. So they're going back and forth in time to make sure that the timeline stays as the mm. timeline should be. And it's a, just an absolutely fun romp. Um, and it starts off with three young people from very different backgrounds and how they join the time police. And they, are, they become team weird because they just don't fit in with everybody else. They are not your standard time police um, recruits. They basically don't turn up cute things. And, and Gail, how old are they? Um, they're early 20s. Okay. Mm. Yeah, so you're, you're not talking... Uh, this is what I think they call new adults rather than young or young adult, new adult, that oh, kind of right. time. But yeah, as you can see, I am not a young adult at all, but I do like the humour in this and I do relate to it. It's so it can, it can Because of, I know a little bit about history, it really works. So it can appeal to different ages? Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's quite smart as well and quite funny. Yeah. But yeah, and it's. I think there are four books in this series out now and they're great. Yeah. Can we go to is uh, Last Smile in Sunder City? Can we have a look at that one? Oh, of course, yes. This was recommended to me because I like Ben Aranovich and um, and the Rivers of London. And what this is is it's it's quite the Last Smile in Sunder City is Luke Arnold. It's his first of the Fetch Phillips 
stories. Um, I love this blurb. I'm Fetch Phillips, just like it says on the window. There are three things you should know before you hire me. Sobriety costs extra. My services are confidentials. I don't work for humans. Oh, that's a start. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing personal. I'm human myself. But after what happened, it's not the humans who need my help. And, you know, and that gives you a kind of idea about what's happened. Yes, um, yeah. Basically, he's just, they've destroyed, humans have destroyed magic in the world and all the magical creatures are stuck without magic. And it's had some very unpleasant effects on quite a lot of people. And Fetch has become a detective uh, when a vampire or an ex-vampire goes missing, he starts to search for the vampires. This is all the things that he finds. It gives you that background within the book of what happened in uh, in the war that caused magic to disappear from the world. And it's actually quite heartrending at times. Mm, mm. Um, but if you like things like um, Raymond Chandler and that mm. whole noir feel, that darkness and... Um, but also that gentility that came with that time. Mm. But if you, but you're prepared to jump into a bit of fantasy. This is a fantastic book for that. It, it really, I did read this one on holiday, and I just kept reading it and kept reading it, and I cried at times. Oh. I laughed at times. Mm. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of emotion in here, um, and and it's just wonderful. I I have got the second in the series so again. It's, it's sitting in my two to be read pile, which is taller than I am at the moment. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a lovely book for somebody who wants that little bit different. Yes, yeah, yeah. And that's a, a very lovely way to end. Yeah. And Gail, thank you very much for your time. And I am sure we will meet again and do some more book reviews. Hopefully, yes. But that was lovely. Thank you very much for being my guest. <laughs> thank you very much for inviting me. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I am J.A. Lovelock. Join us next time as we go behind the yellow tape. Till then, catch up with more episodes at btytpodcast.com. I want to take a moment to tell you about my podcast, Carol Costello Presents Blind Rage. In 1984, a woman named Phyllis Cottle was abducted in broad daylight, tortured, and left to die in a burning car in Akron, Ohio. At the time, I was a rookie reporter covering this horrific story. Since then, I've reported every kind of crime imaginable. I've been able to leave most of them at work, but not this one. The one that buried itself under my skin and stayed put. Phyllis Cottle was a badass woman, and I want to tell you her story. A production of Evergreen Podcasts and signature title of the Killer Podcast Network. You can find Carol Costello Presents Blind Rage wherever you get your podcasts. Discover more great true crime and paranormal programming at killerpodcast.com.